Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. This is Editors Uncensored, Volume 3. If you've been following the series, then you'll know the deal. We submitted a call to editors for them to tell us the things that they are dying to tell authors. These are things that they would not dare say to the author's face because it would be unprofessional or it might ruffle some feathers, but they are things that they wish that authors would know both good and bad. So Carice and I sat down a few weeks ago to discuss these things, and we're going to share the last bit of that conversation today. Um, and again, these are just comments from midsize and large house publishers. They are editors who have been in the business for quite some time, so they know what they're talking about. And so if you've ever wanted a glimpse into what an editor is really thinking, this is for you. So let's dive into that conversation. Okay, another note from an editor, something that they would love authors to know. Don't send me your self-designed book covers for inspiration. They said, we hire and we work with design professionals. <laughs> yep. That's something I totally would have done. Oh yeah. Like when I was green. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally would have done that. Just, I'm, I'm just going to help them catch the vision and I'm going to, and I know what I'm doing, you know, like, and then, right. oh goodness, no. It's such a, I mean, that, that last line that we hire and work with design professionals, that's the crux of it. It's not the fact that they don't want to hear your ideas. Mm-hmm. It's that they just want the professionals to do it. And that's why you're working with a publisher because you want right. the professionals to handle, to handle the things that right. they do well. Well, I have to imagine that this has also led to, or it's come from a place where the author obviously has a very specific idea of what kind of cover they want. Mm-hmm. And it's not even close to similar to the other books in their genre, but they're convinced that like this is the perfect cover for them even though it won't communicate genre at all. And that's just got to be like, oh, so close. You had a great book. You wrote it well. Another tip. Uh, This editor is tired of seeing authors unpack a story of woe on social media about an editorial letter or rewrite direction. Again. Very (laughs) off-putting. Appropriate audience is your cat. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Yeah, just going off on social media about, oh, I have to rewrite this and that. Yeah, we've all seen it. And it's, yeah. it makes your editor cringe. Just keep that in mind. All right, here's one. In all, in all the universe, and they capitalized universe, in, in all the universe, of course, there is always the possibility for a better cover or title or cover model or any number of things. But not all of the options in the universe are open to your publisher. Uh, it is better to make a decision and move than to keep cycling. Yeah. And then they um, went on to say, uh, most of the time, a complete recreation of the cover image scene or character you have in your mind cannot be exactly recreated. Mm-hmm. So... Right. You know, yeah. Authors dreaming big, wanting it to be perfect. Yep. Your publisher may not, I mean, your publisher is capable of a lot of magic, 
Right. But not that kind of magic. <laughs> nope. But I mean, that's, and that's part of the deal. If you decide to go traditional, you are giving up some creative control. If you're self-publishing and you really want your cover to be yeah. 100% exactly as you, you can picture pay it those big head. bucks. Exactly. But it's coming out of your pocket. It's going to yeah. take up your time, not the publishers. Right. Right. They have a budget for those covers and, um, and deadlines for the things they got to hit. Cause that cover has yeah. got to be done in time. Cause it's got to make it, can't send a book to be printed and then shipped out. It doesn't have a cover. Yeah. And they'll do photo shoots. They'll do, they'll go the extra mile right. for a cover. But it's nine times out of 10, just not going to be exactly, exactly, exactly what you envision mm-hmm. in your head. And I remember as a reader, you know, as a kid, like when Nancy Drew didn't look like on the cover the way that she looked like in the book, sure, it was frustrating. But right. <laughs> and so I get that tendency to want to like push for accuracy, but it's just not, it's just not possible. Right. All right, here's one. Cite your sources. <laughs> I assume this is for nonfiction. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They said um, just copying and pasting a URL is never good enough. Editors spend hours hunting down sources with authors, all of which is time wasted. Adding properly formatted citations as you're writing is a massive time saver for the author and the editor. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say that seems like one of those things that you just need to be in the habit of doing it the right way the first time, Mm -hmm. probably during that research phase, and then it's done. Because once you have that citation correctly noted, then you can just pretty much copy and paste it. That's fine. Right, exactly. Or just And then it's done, and you know it's right. So you just need to suck it up for a little while right. and retrain your process. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, criticism is meant to be constructive. Many authors have been hearing for years that people love their content. When the editor sends a marked up manuscript, it's the first time the writers have had their re- writing critiqued since college. And this can feel like a blow to the ego. Remember that the editor is your partner and collaborator, not your nemesis. Yeah. And edits are always sent in that spirit. Yes. I think pretty much these days, it would be hard to really come across a ton of writers who haven't had criticism given to them since college. But yeah, like at that academic level that that an editor is going to be at, that's going to be different than mm-hmm. your writing critique partner and mm-hmm. the kind of feedback they can give. Yeah. But that's that's part of writing, man, is that you you don't have to come into it with a thick skin, but if you're going to stay in it, you're going to have to develop one at some point. Yeah. And edits don't mean that they hate it. Edits don't mean that they don't believe in you. They absolutely believe in you. That's why they signed you. Yep. Um, They may struggle with the way the story played out or the way the book played out, but that's why they're there. They're there to make it the best that it can possibly be. And that's their goal. Uh, Not to just, you know, ruin whatever masterpiece that you know you put together it's also worth noting that you when appropriate you can push back it's not like you have to accept all and move on like a lot of times what editors put in there it's alarming because there's a lot of track changes and it feels like they're just rewriting your whole book but really it's a lot of suggestions right 
and they, it's a back and forth that they want to have with you. It's not take our edits and accept them. And you know, like that's not their heart in that. Right. All right. And then lastly, uh, this editor just wants authors to know that rejections are the hardest part of an editor's job. They said, when I receive a proposal, I'm fully aware that the author has just handed me their heart in a word document. If the book isn't a right fit for, for us, I try to share that news kindly and constructively. Um, and I think the reason that they included this is because many times it just feels like a slap in the face when you get that rejection. And that's not the intent. Uh, I mean, obviously right. the editor doesn't want to reject anything, but they have to. And they try to do it in a way that is as kind as possible and as helpful as possible. And I've seen this too as an agent. I try to be kind. I try to be helpful. I try to be like, here are some ideas that you can work on. And sometimes, you know, the author clearly just feels like I just like punched them in the gut. And, right. you know, and there really is no amount of niceness that I could include that could make that feeling go away. Yeah. So, well, Carice, you've been rejected. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it felt yeah. horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. Like, it wasn't devastating. It wasn't world-ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the long run, I'm glad for it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm not, that I didn't sign with anyone or have something published that wasn't ready or... Right. I'm glad I didn't settle for a publishing situation right. that wouldn't have longevity to it. Yeah, that is, yes, I I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Because that's, that's a lot of pressure to take that book deal mm-hmm. and then to turn it into a book career. Right. That's hard. Right. That's a lot of pressure. And I often think, man. But I mean, you deal with these rejections from editors too, because these are your authors. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you get where this editor is coming from in that they're not trying to be mean and they're not Mm-mm. trying to ruin your dreams it's just part of the business and they want to be nice yeah. about it mm-hmm. but you can't get too personally involved um yeah they want to be nice and you know they want to help they want to you know if there's right. something that they can offer that will help the next time or help the project for other publishers who are considering it you know many times they'll share those things if they have the time and so i think it's important to keep an open mind as an author and to be willing to accept that kind of feedback instead of just bristling at the fact that you were just rejected and you know it, you know it feels like we can still be friends you know <laughs> but having like instead welcoming that whole like right well, we can still be friends and here's here are some thoughts um and that's a hard switch to make but on the flip side too it's also dangerous to just like accept every bit of feedback that everyone always that everyone gives you and then you kind of end up losing your focus and you end up losing what your project was to begin with because there can be a million different reasons for a rejection and you can't tackle all right. of those. Right. You know, so it's tough. All right. So those were thoughts that editors have, feelings that editors have. I think a big takeaway from this is recognizing how much they are your champion, but also how they have many other authors on their list. And so they're 100% in your corner. And at the same time, you know, there needs to be room for them to do their job 
and, you know, work with other people. So once you can find that balance with your editor where you respect their time, um, but you also recognize that all they want to do is help, then I think you'll hit that sweet spot of having a great working relationship. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gatecrashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.